Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is the one Boyd, a.k.a. DJ Rabbit, representing Rabbit Productions, hanging out chilling with my girl, Cy Buggy. That's right, Cy Brown, right here on LifeRemixedRadio.com. Say word. Hey, everybody. Good morning to everybody that's on the West Coast. It's 9 a.m. And to everybody here on the East Coast hanging out with me from New York, it is 12 noon. Today is Thursday, December 18th, and I am so proud to announce it is my 100th show. I feel like a like right now, you know how Oprah jumps up and down and starts giving away cars? <laughs> I have nothing to give away but a good message. <laughs> so I hope that's uh I hope that's good enough for you all and I think it is because you guys tune in and listen to me every single day. God is so good and I'm so incredibly happy that I can come to you every single day with a good word, with a good heart, with a good spirit, with a good message. It's it's just a good day. I'm very, very happy. It has not been easy trying to um, to get to 100 shows, but you know what? I made it, and I'm so incredibly happy. Today is Thursday, and every single Thursday... I've got the bestest co-host. His name is Dewan. He joins me from Atlanta every single Thursday to host our weekly Ecclesia Bible study. For those of you who would like to follow his blog, please log on to, and I'm putting it in the chat room as I type. I'm such a multitasker. www.ekklesiatl.blogspot.com. So go to ecclesiaatl.blogspot.com and check out his blog. You will definitely be blessed. It will definitely help you grow personally and professionally. Dewan, are you with us? Yeah. Hey, man. Today uh, is mic, 100. Mic. 100 show. <laughs> I'm so amped. It has not been easy. I think this is probably this show is probably um the closest thing closest project or closest thing I've ever committed to in my life behind my children <laughs> and then comes my husband so i'm 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 just so happy that you know we're at one hundred shows i'm I'm very happy and I'm happy that you're here with me every thursday you you really don't know I think you do know, but I'm just happy thank you thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Um, I feel honored to have the opportunity to be able to, to come up here on New York Station Blog Talk and do this thing every Thursday. So I'm just glad I have something to contribute that people can enjoy listening to. Of course. Of course you do. That's why we're here. That's why we're people are buzzing and people are talking. Um, today we're talking about positioning. And, you know, we're always chit-chatting behind the scenes, and I remember sharing with you that God, that I heard Creflo Dollar say years ago that God is not in the counterfeiting business, so my money has to be out there somewhere, but I have to be positioned to receive it. And, you know, when you're caught up in the, you know, uh, I have to be careful, but when you're caught up in the, the moment 
you're like, yeah, thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus, I'm going to be positioned to receive it. But do we really know what that means? Because I know I didn't. So can you kind of start us off on what this means? And you know with my big old mouth, I'll chime in and kind of see where I fit in. But I think this is more important than asking for money, and we kind of talked about that. Well, I think what I want to do, Life Remix Radio is all about taking things that's relevant and putting them in a spiritual context so that you can get a full picture. So that's what mm-hmm. Christ did. He just Christ didn't just get up there and just start talking about stuff. He took things that were relevant, that were tangible, that people could relate to, whether it was farming or, or, or crops and sowing and reaping or things that they could readily um, understand, everyday topics. And he remixed them and put a spiritual twist on so they could understand. So before we get into the topic today called Play Your Position, Positioning, I think there's a very relevant story that can tie it in from context standpoint. Um, if you could give everybody the background about the guy um, that had a grand hustle, $50 billion Ponzi scheme, yes. to this uh, topic. Yeah, okay, that's jumping off here in New York, but it's affecting everybody. Um, This guy, Bernie Madoff, or Madoff, I believe is how you say his last name, years ago positioned himself, for lack of a better word or term, to connect with influential people. And over time he positioned himself, and that's the only word I can think of, to earn the trust of these people and their money. And so he joined certain country clubs. He started finessing himself in certain social circles. And then as people started trusting him, he promised that I can make you a lot, I can make you rich. You know, I can make you a lot of money, give you 10% return on your money, blah, blah, blah. So what he did was he took their money, invested it, or he did something with the money. I don't know what he did. Perhaps he used this money to keep living an elaborate life. We don't know what he did with the initial influx of cash, but um, then he produced statements, like people, you know, he started this like in the 70s or 80s before we were so technologically savvy where people can just check their balance online. He was producing statements, and then, you know, if people asked for a couple million here, a couple thousand here, whatever it was, he would get new investors and pay the first investors with that batch of money. Well, what has happened is that with this current economic downturn in which we're living right now, people started saying, dude, I need $3 million for this, I need $4 million for this, but but the source of new investors has totally dried up. So now last week he went to his sons and says, listen, let me tell you, this is the hustle that I've been running. And the sons were like, I want no parts of it, and his two sons turned him into the the authorities. Well, now – what has happened is the SEC, which is the Securities and Exchange Commission, has in essence been caught with their pants down. Now they're finding where people have actually seen where they reported it and the SEC allegedly ignored it. Um, and now there's people like Rupert Murdoch, who is a media mogul, Steven Spielberg. Um, oh, my gosh, I had the whole list of names. I'm trying to remember from my head but a whole host of other organizations and nonprofits who have lost everything. One couple in Florida 
she was a physical therapist and he was a carpet salesman. They lost everything. They 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 have no money left, and they're, they're, they put four kids through college, and their children had to come to Florida, and now they're trying to sell their Manhattan apartment. And one thing that I noticed, or there was a strong commonality with all of his investors, is that they were Jewish or had clearly Jewish, clear affiliations with the Jewish faith, and I hope I'm saying that the correct way. For example, New Jersey Senator Frank Lautenberg, who's Jewish, had money invested, Steven Spielberg, Rupert Murdoch, a lot of people in Florida in very heavy Jewish communities. So one of the things that made me scratch my head is like, wait a minute, all the people that he's dealing with are Jewish. Like, are they keeping the money within themselves or what? And then that's how our conversation came about, and we started talking about, number one, how did he get in that circle, and number two, how did he pull that off? And that's kind of the premise or the setup for today's show. Well, when I listen to that story, the first thing I think about is the fact this guy was positioned with these people in order to to take advantage of the situation, in order to have access to their money, in order to be able to make the moves he did. So many times in life we've all gone to church, we've all gone down to the altar and cried and snotted all down, mm-hmm. asking God to give us a breakthrough, a <laughs> breakthrough, <laughs> asking God to, to lift us up higher. We say all these church cliches, and we rub our uh, Bibles and click our, our heels three times and turn around and point to the east and the west and do all this foolishness, and we... We don't understand that the reality is God is like, you guys have got to understand what the kingdom is. And it's all about being in position. When And the, and what is that position to be able to take advantage of whatever situation you're in? In this particular case, this, this man had the position or the dominion over those people's finances to be able to make the moves he did. If you go to Genesis 1.26, Oh, wait, hold on. Genesis 1, mm-hmm. Let me put that in the chat room real quick. Hold on. Okay. Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, Genesis one twenty six. Okay. You go to one twenty six. That is where God, this is the beginning. He said, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the all the creeping things that creep on the earth. Mm-hmm. Right there, from the very beginning, God was saying, was telling us, your position that you're supposed to have is, is to have dominion in certain areas. I mean, Adam, um, like we talked about last night, Adam in Hebrew means I reflect. He reflects God because he's in his image. So we made are uh, made in the image of God, like Adam, we reflect his image and likeness. So God doesn't do things on a small, minor level. He, 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 has, he has lordship, rulership. He has dominion in those areas. It's no different than uh, the guy that hustled all those people out of the $50 billion. That's crazy. So when we pray to God, we have to come to him in the correct manner. And, and in this case, you know, in the book of Genesis, God, uh, Adam didn't go to uh, God and be like, oh, God, I'm lonely. Could you give me a dog? 
God was like, no, I want you to name all the animals and give them, give them their name, and that's what they will be. Whatever you say they are, that's what they will be. So in effect, Adam was able to get a dog and anything else he wanted because God gave him dominion over all every all the animals, not just giving him his little breakthrough or a blessing or something specifically that he asked for. God gave him dominion. And when you look up that word rada in Hebrew, it means to rule, have dominion, dominate, tread down, subjugate, cause to uh, dominate. But what really stood out to me about the definition it, is that it says in there to scrape out, to scrape or to scrape. And when you look up the word scrape, it says to remove an outer layer or uh, from a surface by forceful stroke to, to use a, a sharp or rough instrument to have considerable pressure applied to the surface, to injure the surface, mm-hmm. to, to amass or produce with, with difficulty. What they're saying in God giving you dominion, whether you're building a radio show or you're taking over a, a, a warehouse franchise, whatever, God will give you dominion, but at the same time, inherent in that, you're going to have to be able to Go past the surface. You're going to have some resistance. You're going to have to apply considerable pressure. You're going to have to go through, um, persevere through some things to be able to amass or produce with difficulty that dominion that you're you're walking into. So it requires, like the Bible says, faith without works is dead. So you can ask God for the dominion, but you still have to do the work in order to, to see the manifestation of it. And I think so many times people in church or people who watch church or go by church, they sit here and they look at us, you know, we look crazy to a casual observer because you right. they go by and they see people, a guy stands up, he starts talking, and then people stand up just because he's standing up. And they repeat what he said. And he says certain things in a dramatic, charismatic way, and then people start throwing money at his feet, and it just looks very... Um, very contrived and yeah, almost, it does. and then people are like just going crazy, running all over the place. And he says, "Jump high!" And then people jump higher, and we're pointing to windows and walls and sticking our arms up. Let the blessings come down. Turn around. Point all this, all this Simon Says games that we play in church. But it, that's not the point. God has put it in there. The principle, the foundation. That first of all, you got to understand who you are. And that's one of the critical things that's not being taught. We're not being taught our position, but that we would know to even ask for dominion because you, you're, not, you're not just paged to become a saint or somebody that, that dies and go to heaven. It mm-hmm. says that when you are, when Christ died on the cross and grafted us back into his kingdom according to Revelation 5 and 10, it said he has made... What scripture un- was that? I'm sorry, what scripture was that? Revelation 5, verse 10. Okay, I'm just putting it in the chat room. Okay, Revelation 5, 10, okay. It says, He has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. When we become saved, we become, we are, we have, we become kings and priests. Everybody, when you look up being a king, a king has dominion. He has rule. He has authority. So, therefore, 
we have to be able to understand that and walk in that when we ask God for certain things, just like a person who has dominion over the housing industry who builds houses, they don't have to ask God, hey, God, could you bless me with a house? They have dominion. They build houses. They make subdivisions. Inherently in them having dominion in that area, they're going to have a house for themselves, maybe two or three. And so that's the thing we have to understand. If you say, hey, I want to be on the radio, that's fine. But what you really want to do is you want to have dominion in the radio industry or the entertainment industry. Therefore, inherent in that request, you'll be on multiple stations. You'll have the finances, the provision, the things you need in order to have dominion in that area. And that's why it's critical for us to understand that we are kings and priests. That's the inheritance. That's the birthright that we have once you become saved. So you should walk in um, you should walk in whatever Christ walked in, according to Psalms eight six. Hold on, you said Psalms eight six. Yes. It says, "Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet." Speaking of Christ, so Christ, God has elevated him to where. He's put all things under his feet. We have, we, he has the dominion. And what, we, what we've learned through our um, study is that God has raised Christ up, and he is seated in heavenly places, according to Ephesians 1.20, where it says... Hold on, Ephesians 1.20. Mm-hmm. And then put down Ephesians 2.6. Okay. So when you look at those two scriptures, Ephesians 1 and 20, where it says Christ, he was raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. And then Ephesians 2, 6, he solidified that just wasn't Christ. He says in Ephesians 2, 6, he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then you tie that back in to Psalms 8, 6, he has made, meaning Christ, to have dominion over the works of thy hands, which every, everything God created, thou hast put all things under his feet. So when you look at those three scriptures, we have been seated, we have been positioned in Christ at the right hand of God. We have we're set up in heavenly places. That's our position. That position right there gives you automatically, inherently, the dominion that you can be kings and priests, that you can have dominion over the works of, of, of creation over his hands. You can have dominion over everything because he's put everything under his feet. And if you look at Revelations 1 and 6, he reiterates and says, he has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. But okay, so now you've you've talked about us having dominion. And instead of saying, Okay, I want to be a great person doing this, you ask for stewardship? Is that what we're asking for? Stewardship? Well, what you gotta understand is God's system is, is not of this world. 
you know, he's he operates above this world. So, so many times, if if I'm coming at a situation to say, you know, I just want to work at a restaurant, well, that's 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 cool, but you should want to be able to have dominion in that area to where you know, instead of you working at a restaurant, you own a restaurant. So therefore, you have dominion in that area. So therefore, you are going to make money because you you own it, and you're actually going to be working it too at the same time. It's just a different way of of, of thinking. Obviously, you're going to want stewardship. I mean, you think about Solomon when he was king. The first thing he asked was for wisdom so that he could govern God's people, that he could have the proper stewardship over the things of the kingdom. But you got to understand Solomon was the king. So, yeah, if you have dominion, you're going to want stewardship so that you can govern govern the court, govern whatever it is God has given to you. Um, but let me say this, D. Let me say this, D, that my stepmother, I remember saying to her, and she's um, she goes to, to a Baptist church, um, and we were talking, and I was saying how, you know, we were having a discussion of race. And I said, you know, black people, we always have gotten the short end of the stick and this and that. We should be owners. And she said something that was pretty smart that her pastor told her. She said, not everybody's meant to be an owner. Not everybody's meant, and for the sake of this conversation, to have dominion. Some people don't aspire. Some people have been placed here not to have dominion. That they, You know, like when I was a youth director, and I would complain and vent sometimes that I can't do this, I can't do that. And she said, you know what, some people are meant to lead in church and some people are meant to attend church and worship. So I hear what you're saying about us having dominion, but what about the people that don't have the fortitude or the wherewithal or that just isn't in their cards? To be a leader or to have dominion, that they just are a person. Should they still seek dominion over the area in which they're responsible for, be it big or small? Well, in the kingdom of God, it's not an option. Everybody is a king and a priest. Whether you want to be a good king or not, or a good priest or not, you have dominion. According to Daniel 7 and 27. Hold on, hold on. Daniel 7, 27. Yes, it says the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. I mean, it's clear. It's all the people, all the saints, they have the dominion in the kingdom. Now, it's up to you. It goes back to stewardship. It's just up to you what, you know, what... You how you going to handle that stewardship? What are you going to do with it? It's just like another parable, the parable of the talents. God gave some people gave some people more than others. Like mm-hmm. in the parable, he gave one ten, he gave one five, he gave one you know two or three, mm-hmm. and it's up to them to work whatever it is they have to the maxim maximization of that. Everybody mm-hmm. may not is not going to obviously have the same amount of dominion, but if you have a child. I you know I got you know I got kids I can give someone that's four or five years old dominion I could tell my son okay look you got all these cars and 
and little men and all this stuff in your room. Your job is to keep them organized, keep them off the floor. When you're done playing with them, put them back in the boxes, toy boxes, keep all this room in order. He's four or five years old, but he still has dominion over his, his toys, over his room. I see what you're saying. Okay. I mean, look at it this way. It's just based on what God has given you, you need to maximize and bear fruit. With, with that. that. Just like we always talk about monetizing this and monetizing that, the gifts and talents that you have, you need to bear fruit. They need to be prospering. You need to monetize. You need to maximize it, bear fruit to the to the max so that you can give glory to God. For example, someone could sit there and say, you know, if you're black, you can say, man, I just wish I could stay in the White House. Or Obama could say, look, I wish I, I just want to get in the White House. Just go up there and just spend the night. But he, that wasn't his prayer. That wasn't his his call, that's what. That's not what he was seeking. He was seeking right. dominion with what? The position. Right, the position right, right. President. With the position of president, you get the White House. You you stay there. So he asked for the position that had the dominion that encompassed everything in which he was looking for, and therefore he was able to achieve that. I just think we've been short-sighted and haven't been taught or, or trained or focused to look at a bigger picture instead of looking at, like, say, for instance, with Obama and just looking at just being able to go to the White House, look at the position. That's why it's been such a struggle and such a fight is always to keep people out of certain positions, whether it's minorities or women. People know if you get a certain position, positions come with dominion. If you're the, if you're the vice president of marketing or the CFO, then you, it's going to come with an expense account. It may come with a company car. It may come with a housing allowance. It's going to come with all these individual blessings that we cry and pray about to get at church. But if we got the position, it would inherently come with all that. That's why Christ says in Matthew six thirty three, you seek ye first the kingdom, which is what I'm explaining, which is the kingdom, the understanding of how it works, the method of operation. You seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and he'll add all these other little things that we want or seek after. So basically, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, continue, continue, I'm sorry. Go ahead, ask the question. So basically, we're at a situation, and we, we joke sometimes how we say, oh, you know, like if you're the French fry guy, um, you know, at McDonald's, oh, I'm the French fry guy. Was it you who said, like, in the movie Coming to America? Yeah, yeah. Um, where, uh, what was that? It was a short comedian. I can't think of his name, but for anybody that watched Coming to America, I think it was like 1988 or something with Eddie Murphy and um, Arsenio Hall, the, the comedian was like, um, he was a fry guy at this place, and he's like, you know, I've been here three years, and I'm up to French fries, and pretty soon I'll be manager. And we laugh at stuff like that, but that's a classic example of somebody happy in their position rocking their position and staying in their lane. And maybe he doesn't aspire. You know, maybe everybody's not going in to own a McDonald's. Maybe they're happy starting with the floors, wiping off the tables, and then moving to the French fries. And I think that's the point. Matter of fact, I know that's the point my stepmother was trying to make because from a child I've always looked at the sky. 
even to this day, I have a fascination with windows and light. You know, I, my curtains are probably never closed. I'm always looking out at the sky, you know, windows, because I always see beyond. So I've always been like, like that explorer type. And there are many people that are not, and they're just content getting up, going to work, and doing their thing. So when we talk about positioning, and if I'm understanding it correctly, based on the scriptures that you've provided, you're not saying we're, we're to seek dominion and, like, world domination, like pinky in the brain or something like that, but just seek dominion over the areas in which we're directly responsible? Or, or also, you know what your destiny or those mandates that you have. I mean, you look at an example like Joseph. He had dreams. He had goals. He had aspirations. But his life journey was frustrating because he was nowhere in a position to do any of that. He was in jail. And then one day he went from being in the pit to being in jail. Those were positions. Then he moved from being there to the second in command in all of Egypt over everybody outside of Pharaoh, even his brothers, even his own countrymen. And the only thing that changed was not his dreams, not his goals, not anything he wanted to do, not his work ethic, because I get tired of people who always talk about, oh, I work so hard, I deserve this, I really work hard. A lot of people work hard. People who work, um, who do construction work hard. They work just as hard as somebody that's a CEO or somebody that's an entertainer or football player. Everybody works hard, but the difference between those who experience extraordinary success is their position. It's like Joseph. His position changed from being someone that was, you know, in jail doing his task in there to being second in command. The only thing changed was his position. And and with that new position, it offered greater rule, authority, and dominion so that he could do everything that that he was called to do, so he could actually bear fruit and he could manifest those visions and goals and dreams. So I think a lot of times, you know, whether you're an entertainer or what have you, People want to be a star, but if you understand the music industry, there are people that are in better position to be a star or be more successful or sell more records or get their movies out versus someone that may be more talented, they may work harder, they may have better ideas, but they're just not in a good position to be seen. No different than in music where you have independent artists. You've got a lot of incredible independent artists, underground artists that are great but they're not in a position to be seen by the public. They're not visible. So they don't have full dominion in the music industry, whereas Soldier Boy or anybody else they want to throw on your radio every five minutes, they have dominion in that area to be seen and heard so they can do whatever it is that they're doing. So to remix it and look, that's why you see in a lot of these mega churches or just small churches, churches with graveyards in the back, whatever it is, you see a lot of people that run behind their pastors or their back, uh, or their bishops or, you know, apostles or whatever the new title is. They, they're going to probably come up with another title next year, archbishop or super pastor or whatever it is. They're going to come up with something new. They come up with new titles every year. Once so many people become a bishop, then they got to come up with another name to kind of differentiate themselves from the other people who just came into the game. That's my little church commentary right there. <laughs> the thing is, you see a lot of people trying to run behind their pastors and carry their bags and get their books and give them their water. Why? Because 
They want to get the position. They want to be positioned in a certain place so that they can do their own church or they could be positioned in a business or they could get this or they could get that. That's why they do it, for positioning. And that's the critical thing. I mean, that's why Christ left his heavenly estate, his heavenly position, came down on earth, took on flesh to be in our position, and then go through life without sin, die on the cross, go redeem and, and rectify the sin situation and elevate us back to our original position back in Genesis, the, the position that we're supposed to have. In Genesis, we're supposed to be God gave Adam and Eve dominion. When you go all the way to the end of Revelation, when God recreates a new heaven and earth, what does he do? He gives all his people dominion again because that is that is the way to be able to execute. And if you apply that in a business sense, you can have a great business idea, but if you don't have the finances, you don't have the accounting controls when you get the finances, if you don't know how to keep up with your inventory, if you don't have the mechanism in order to execute. Dominion gives you the authority to be able to execute so that you can actually have manifestation because that's one of the, the major problems. It's not that people don't have ideas, they don't have goals, they don't have dreams, they don't have aspirations. Is that they don't have the access, they don't have the position, they don't understand or or get the dominion to, to be able to have man, manifestation so that they can succeed. I mean, there's always this thing about the black community, you know, is this, is that. We don't know how to do this. We don't know how to do that. But in history, when you go look back in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the city, it was like, it was called Black Wall Street, where they had airports, hospitals, doctors, lawyers. It was a self-contained unit. It was a self-contained community. They, they kept all their money on the inside. They were no different than the Jews or Hispanics or Asians of today to have their own thriving communities. Black people had that, and with them having that, they had dominion, and they were able to succeed. They were able to manifest um, fruit. They were able to prosper. So it's a, it's a critical concept to grasp and then execute because it's the only way you're going to actually be able to get things done. It's like... There was such a, a big, you know, push to try and stop, you know, after during the seg of 60s, during segregation and Jim Crow laws. We don't want black people to vote. Why? Black people vote. They might vote for other black people. Then okay. if you get black uh, representatives, local, state, mayors, governors, then you're putting people in what? Positions. Mm -hmm. With those positions, they have dominion. And when they have dominion with a black mayor, if he's good, which we haven't had a lot of them, but if they're good, they can now give contracts for black-owned businesses or minorities right. or women, and then they will have the dominion to be able to go out there and fix the sewer systems and, and get these contracts to build bridges and roads. And then that's how the quote-unquote uh, spread the wealth around or redistribution of wealth happens. It happens by gaining positions. That's why it's always a fight to keep people out of positions because positions come inherently with dominion. So you got to ask God not just for the things or not for stuff, but you got to, based on what he's put in you, based on those gifts, based on those goals and aspirations that you have, you need to get with God to see what position you need to be in 
so that you can have dominion in that area so that you can actually do exploits, you can actually prosper and have manifestation. I mean, say, for instance, today, if someone, if Clear Channel says, hey, you know, Life Remix Radio is off the chain, so let's put you on 300 stations. Bam, they put you on 300 stations. You're in a position now to do everything you want to do. You have dominion over the airwaves to make a lot of different things happen because of I'm your vision. I'm claiming that. I mean, you got to think about it. Um, something as simple as Home Depot, they just didn't open one store. They went and said, you know, we want to have dominion in the area of home improvement. We need to tackle the southeast, northeast, expand to the west, go up, go up north. And they had hundreds of stores, and you really couldn't compete against them. The reason why they had dominion and rule and authority because they had hundreds of stores across the country. They could get supplies, and they could get uh, wood or whatever it is. They could get those products at a volume discount rate. So right. where the, lo- the local stores, your handy dandies, your gyms or your bobs, Go, go wood place or whatever you want to call it, they couldn't compete because here you are, you have this big big company that had dominion nationally over home improvement to where now they were just regulating the markets, even the local markets. Nobody could compete with them because they, their vision was big enough to where they seized the entire opportunity. So if well, I have that, been somebody... That has a lot to do with economies of scale also because it's just so so monstrous. Right, and that's what happens when you have dominion. When you have dominion, you're going to have economies of scale. Just like if you're on Clear Channel and have 300 stations, it's going to be harder for people to compete with you that only has three or or four or five stations. Is that how they say, I'm sorry to cut you off, Steve, is that how they say like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer because once you get to that place, more stuff is poured onto you and more stuff is added to you? Yep, that's why you have to be a king and a priest. So many people want to shout and run and foam at the mouth and do black backflips at church and swing from the rafters because they are priests, because they are saved, they have salvation. But they don't understand that they have to be a king and a priest and start actually conducting business and getting in position to have dominion in certain areas so they can actually be asset to the kingdom so that we can, you know, do the things that God has called us to do. I mean, that's that's kind of a um, a tall order, but I think what happens is once we accept that responsibility, and I always, and I've, I've, ha- I've had a challenge with that up until very, very recently, um, with accepting the responsibility of that particular mandate. And some people, once you go with the king, once you decide to go with God and and, and live your life according to what God wants for your life, there's varying degrees in that as well. Because some people are meant to be the church secretary. Some people are meant to be um, a a regular church member. And then there are people like me who kind of take it, digest it, and then blast it out to as many people as possible. And I think there's, you know, when we look, I remember there's a scripture. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but I do know there's a scripture that says, in, in my house there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. And I, I, as I interpret it, whether it's right or wrong or indifferent, but as I interpret that, that's telling me there's different chambers of consciousness and awareness right there. 
And even as we move into position, just because we're in this position, position X today, we may not be in position X tomorrow. And I think that's just about expanding our consciousness, expanding our awareness, reading our Bible, being more receptive to God, and learning and growing as, as we go along our walk. Because I think if we just kind of say, okay, I'm positioned, I'm good. Recently, I spoke at a church. And I may have shared this with some of you. I can't remember, but I'll say it again. I got to the church the first night, and I actually preached. Didn't really realize that's what I was doing. I was booked to speak. But it was the Friday night part of this weekend conference, so I wore a long skirt, which if I'm doing like a, I call it a general session or where I'm representing everybody in the congregation, I'll wear a long skirt. So I got into the pulpit, and they said, Saida, you're going to sit here, and it was the past, you know, it's the big chair. You know how there's a big chair and then, like, maybe two chairs to the left or to the right, and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know it was going to be like this. They had a prophetess, prophetess whatever her name is. I can't remember, and not to disrespect her, I just can't remember her name. And she had her armor bearer. And so for those of you that may or may not be familiar with church culture, I guess I would consider it like a personal assistant. I don't know. But um, she had her armor bearer sitting right next to her. And I travel with someone, too, but it's like I never even thought of the concept of an armor bearer. I'm just like, okay, that's my friend, and she goes with me and helps me out or whatever. And when I introduced my friend, she was dressed casually, and they turned her, their nose at her. And I said, oh, my gosh, they were so mean to Maliki. That wasn't nice. But you know what, we blew it off. And then I think she got a little pissed because I sat in the big chair and she had to sit next to me. She's a prophetess and her father's a bishop. Well, he's a big person in the church. So I got up, I did my thing, everybody loved it. We shook hands, we kissed babies, it was over. The next, and she was dressed very well, nice heels, pantyhose, a skirt at the knee. I mean, they sat, she and her armor bear sat in the pulpit and they put the little, not a napkin, but like the cloth over your knees so, you know, so their legs were not showing, but my skirt was to the floor, so I didn't need that. So anyway, the next day I show up to do my workshop for all the teenagers, and I had on um, my jeans and some really cool boots and a T-shirt, but she was dressed up again. So now this time she turned, not only did she turn her snide look from Malikia, she directed it at me. And I went, and I'm like, good morning, how are you? Today we're going to have a great day. And I got such a look. Now I'm getting to the point of what I'm trying to say. The lady who was with her was scrambling under her feet like something I had never seen before. It was as though she was trying to outdo my friend Malikia, who travels with me. When she went up to speak, the lady pulled out her Bible, opened her Bible, spread her Bible over this, over this podium. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, is that what makes or breaks this woman? Like, Malikia was there helping me, and she, you know, I don't need anybody to help me open my Bible. Is that the positioning that some people are seeking, like, of ultimate servitude? Well, Like, that um, blew me away. I didn't get that. That didn't make, that didn't make sense to me at all. I mean, call, you know, I, that didn't make, I can open my own Bible and, stick it on the podium. I don't need anybody to come open the Bible and put it on a podium for me. Jeez, I'm, th you know, I'm a big girl. I can do that. But I'm like, she, can, you know, and I understand, like, if you're up speaking and you get water or something, you pass somebody water, that's, di but I mean, is, is that the positioning that some people 
are speaking? Um, when you talk about them following behind the big pastors? Well, let me read this because I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail. Please send it to me. I'll give you my personal email. Dewan C. Smith at yahoo.com. Go ahead, send it out. Um, I'm putting it on the chat room right now. Dewan C. Smith at yahoo.com. But don't step to me with no foolishness. I don't have time for it. Um, <laughs> if you go to what Christ said in Matthew 20, verse 25, Christ said, Jesus called all his disciples together, and he said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and that they are great exercise authority, that the great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That's Matthew 20 through, uh, verse 22 through 27. Hold Basically, on, Matthew what? D, Matthew what? 20, verse 22 through 27. You, you, you've gotten some compliments. Mama Smokey said that she loves when you come on the show because you're so on it, and she's very happy to have you. And i got to pick up a call right now really quickly. Pastor, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. How are you? I'm blessed. How are you doing? I'm highly favored. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm calling in. I just had to call in. I'm, I'm at work, and I just had to kind of steal away to call in because I was listening. Uh, when you guys were talking about the whole armor bearer thing, yes, you really, uh, you, yeah, you really uh, 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 hit something there because, uh, you know, I've been in, in church settings for a long time, and just mm-hmm. just like uh, you know, just like DeWine, I was kind of a church junkie, and um, I started seeing that maybe within the past five years, five to ten years maybe, where this whole armor bearer thing has started coming up. And mm-hmm. just 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 to share with you, I've heard stories of armor bearers actually helping bishops and pastors get dressed. Oh, Mia, I mean, I'm yeah. telling you. Uh, and 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 I I really feel like there's been a there's been a almost like a subculture within the church that is uh, uh, teaching this this false doctrine of of servitude that Christ never intended for us to even be in. Just like you, I don't need somebody to open my Bible for me. I don't need anyone to even even carry my bag for me. And I, for darn sure, don't need nobody to help me get dressed. I mean, I'm a grown man, and I can get dressed on my own. So so I think we we take the servitude uh, aspect of the gospel uh, and of what Christ teaches, and we kind of make more out of it simply because we want to be bigger than the next person. We We want to have status. And in my opinion, that is compromising the word of God. When you Amen. when you compromise, a lot of people think compromise is is just dressing a certain way or listening to a certain type of music, but it goes much deeper than that. When you make people servants to you, you're you are actually compromising what the word of God is saying when it comes to to our relationship with each other. It should not be I'm bigger than you or I'm better than you. We're all equal in the eyes of God. There's there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. We're all equal. 
and when you when you come up and you start teaching people what you got to serve me to make your way up in in the world, you're basically putting the world system into the church, and that is an abomination. Oh my God! So I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to go that you far, but I this morning. <laughs> I, I just wanted to share that, and uh, thank you for taking my call. Dewan, you're doing a great job. I love listening. When I'm able to listen and when my computer is not being bipolar, I can listen to this show <laughs> as as much as possible. But uh, uh, please keep me in your prayers as I pray for you. God bless. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness, that was such a wonderful yeah. call. Um, Dee, I have uh, two more calls. I, I think it's Curvy Queen, and I think it's also... Um, Hey, this is Sai six one four. Who's this? How elegant! You I thought yeah. so. Are you I'm just greeting. listening, or do you have yes. a question? I, I'm just listening. I'm I'm traveling, so I just okay. got a chance to call in. Okay, thank you, sweetie. All right. Um, the one I've got curvy queen. Who's Celeste? Celeste, are you calling in, or did you have a question? No, I'm just listening. Well, Sai is listening anyway. <laughs> thank you, sweetie. Um, I've got people listening, dialing in to listen. That was Sandy, who's from the, uh, the Columbus area. I've got um, Curvy Queen, who's Celeste. She's calling from Jersey. I have a bunch of people in the chat room as guests. Just very quickly, hello to Q-Pegs, Mama Smokey, True View, Christian Wives Club, um, Dropping Seed Radio. We had Spike Spielberg, who was with us in the chat room. He said he had to go. We have an absolutely full show today. Wowzers. D, you're a rock star. <laughs> no. It's, I, I, I got to really acknowledge the pastor for coming on and representing and telling the truth. That's a real pastor right there. I mean, it's clear in the Bible, according to Matthew uh, 20, 25, that we just read, you're not supposed to exercise dominion over other people the way. And, and Christ said, don't do that like the princes of the Gentile system does. And that's what's happened when you try to make a corporate church. See, Christ never called his church corporate. But what these people have done, according to Jude 1 and 4, it says, For there are certain men who crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. These people have come in and have brought in these damnable heresies these, these falsehoods into the, the body of Christ to perpetuate their own kingdom. They're not doing their king, uh, Christ's kingdom. They're doing their own kingdom. And the whole system, to reiterate again, of, of armor bearers and people putting your clothes on and massaging you and, and pulling your car up and going and getting your clothes out of cleaners and all the foolishness that they do. I mean, it's an incredible amount of foolishness that goes on. It's just that. It's foolishness. It has nothing to do with God. God doesn't look down and be like, ooh, wow, look at how they serve their pastor. That's like serving me. Let me put like four or five stars by their name. Let me extend their life by three or four years because they serve the pastor. No, no, it's not biblical. There's no scriptures for it. There's no doctrine that supports it. Christ said with his own mouth, don't do it. He said if you want to be great, if you want to be the man or the woman, you serve. You be the minister. You wash their feet. You go get their bag. You go get your quote-unquote armor bearers uh, Bible, open it up, and put it on their lap since you're trying to be all that. That's what Christ said do, but they don't do that. So they've turned the whole kingdom upside down and said the kingdom is about big eyes and little use, and you serve the big folk, 
and you work your way up, you network your way up. The same way we do in the world, the same way you do in corporate America, they flipped it and did it in church. You got to work your way up and earn what I got, and if you want to get where I want to get, then I'll bless you. But, see, that goes into a whole other yeah. paradigm mm-hmm. about spiritual coverings and spiritual fathers and all that nonsense. It's foolishness. It's not Bible-based. It's not scriptural-based. It's nothing but a well-orchestrated Ponzi scheme, and that's what we talked about at the beginning of the show, a man who orchestrated a $50 billion Ponzi scheme of taking advantage of people. And that's all really what it boils down to. Whether people are doing it intentionally or unintentionally, it's a systematic system that's been done over the years that people just feel like this is what they do. This is how you run this. This is the game. And they'd be like, well, don't hate the player. hate the game. Well, the game is not even supposed to be in the church at all. It's nonsense. That's not how the assembly or the ecclesia was set up from the beginning. So you have people exercising dominion over people they shouldn't be because in the reality is either you're going to have dominion or somebody's going to be exercising dominion over you that's just how it goes down hey, so hey d d yeah it was just requested that um that you and pastor montan do a show together when christianity goes wrong with d and pastor m they have a good vibe together um so that was asked and I put in the chat room, if Pastor can take a lunch break during this time, I'm sure D is willing. So think about that. It was just requested in the chat room that you guys do uh, a show together on when Christianity goes wrong or something along those lines. Oh, wait, it just says Pastor just confirmed. Let me Oh, okay, wait. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to. Oh, he put Pastor. Okay, so we'll talk behind the scenes, everybody. So, Dee, did you hear that? It was just requested that you do a Bible st- or, or a study like that. Okay, okay. Um, so just so you know. Um, and, le- and now looking at the time, we're down to four minutes of the show. So you may want to. It went so quickly.